This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Patrick Royce joins me today on the show. Lots to get to with him. A lot of twins talk in particular about what went wrong this weekend in particular, what's gone wrong this season, and some trades that uh, that Patrick and I might see on the horizon. We'll also get a history lesson from Patrick Royce on Mudcat Grant. That is coming up right now. Monday on Daily Delivery, Patrick Royce joins the show today. Patrick, how are you doing this morning? I am just fine. I, I must have uh, nodded off at a fine time last night because I feel ready to go. I'm ready for the day, and I just was outside, and it's not 102 degrees, so I like that, too. It uh, looks like we're going to have a nice week. Too bad the twins aren't here. Well, actually, it's okay. They're gone. We don't care <laughs> if they ever come back, but... Uh, uh, 80s is a little better than the weather that uh, we had uh, during the week, but what the heck? That's uh, you know, let's let's good good week for the state tournaments, huh? It looks like not much rain, and uh, all yep. the high schools are going to be playing all four or five sports. So uh, uh, I'm getting a lot of emails from people uh, trying to uh, sell me uh, stories on the high school tournaments, and we got Lavake, we got Paulson, we got Haggy Hagstrom. Yep. Leave me alone. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, got, I, got other, I, got, I got to worry about other stuff. So anyway. If uh, if golf is a good walk wasted, the twins are a good sit wasted. At least they <laughs> yes, yes, they are right now. Uh, boy, the uh, so Pineda's going to sounds like he's going to get 10 days on the DL. He hasn't been real good lately. This You got one starting pitcher. I mean, yeah. my eight is coming back tonight, so you know, maybe, maybe he'll be okay. But man, alive, we we spent so much time worrying about the bullpen, we forgot we forgot how rotten the rotation was. Right? I mean, yeah, it's, that's uh, it. It's just bad pitching. Last year, as as we go through this whole thing, and we can talk about injuries and everything. Last year, this team was the fourth in the major leagues. Yes, in pitching, and. Now they're terrible. That's, you know, let's, let's not quibble about what's their biggest flaw. It's pitching. Their pitching has gone in the tank. And yes. uh, that's why they have gone in the tank. There's nothing, there's nothing else to, to, to pin it on. Uh, they've, they've still, they're in the middle of the road uh, offensively. They're, you know, run scored and stuff like that. They're in the middle of the road, but their pitching is just God awful. And that's why they're God awful. And uh, I don't know. I keep getting a hard time about my prediction of 87 and 75, and I'll take the bullet on that. But I was the least optimistic. Yes, you were. There's a lot of in the mid 90s, were there not? <laughs> yes, yes. And I remember, you know, Dustin Morris, who I like a lot, the Twins guy, and he's, you know, he and I can be straight shooters with each other. And I remember him walking up to me like in the middle of March, and he says, boy, this is really a good team, isn't it? And I said, you know, I think, you know, it's there's a couple of things I don't like, but, uh, you know, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, but, uh, again, I think we've talked about this before, Mike. One of our problems is, we take a guy's best season yep. and say, this is him. Yep. And it's a lot of times it's not him. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, uh, you know, Kepler, un un unbelievably good in 2019 and uh, Garver and uh, just so many guys. Nelson Cruz was just fantastic. And, you know, he was good again last year, but uh, we, you know, 
we, they don't repeat and uh you know and and that's what's happened here is a a lot of guys were not as good as we thought they were when they were hitting more home runs than any team in baseball history and uh and bad pitching and and that's it and uh you know what else has been shocking to me how uh, bad they've been catching the ball yeah the, the, that's their, yeah they're they're uh their their penchant for errors at the worst possible time and bad plays, not only errors but bad plays, have uh, has has been alarming too. And I guess that's what happens when you. But uh, uh, you know, Tom Kelly, probably the best manager in Twins history. Yeah, he had eight eight straight losing seasons. Why? Because they had lousy pitching. So that's, right. uh, oh, that's that's what we're having here. And by the way, this season is so similar to 2011. Oh yeah, that, that it's terrifying because that's what it started. It started that uh, the four worst years in franchise history, and actually the six because 2015 wasn't that bad. It wasn't that great. They just somehow finished over 500, and then they followed that with the worst year they've ever had. But uh, you know, just that's this is. I, I don't know how you fix this quickly. Do you? I think this no. looks like, uh, this looks like uh, they've settled in here for uh, three or four bad years until they develop some pitching here. Yeah, that's the problem. The pitching, there's no. I mean, the pipeline. You know, you know, like Bailey Ober looks okay. You know, yeah. he, he's going to be. He, you know, he can be. But you know, based on his stuff, what we've seen so far. I wouldn't be penciling him in for anywhere near the top of the rotation. He could be a good depth bottom of the rotation kind yeah, of guy, right. but you know, Duran would like, like to see him at some point. Definitely. In, definitely. Instead of Matt Shoemaker, who I don't know how long his tenure is here, but you're right. He's, <laughs> he's a, uh, they've, they've just missed. I, I think in addition to, like you say, the, you know, taking the guy's best year and saying, this is what that guy is. They've with the pitching, which by and large hasn't been, hit nearly as hard by the injuries. I know Maida was on the, the injured list for yeah. a little while here, but they've had a lot of, like we've talked about, they've had a lot of their preferred pitchers in, you know, in these, in these moments, especially, you know, even the other day, what they had, um, you know, Pineda, it's a guy they, they wanted here. You know, they, I think you pointed that out. They had Colome, they had Dobnik, they had, you know, they had all the guys that they basically wanted. They still gave up 14 runs on Sunday. So they, <laughs> yeah. they it hasn't been injuries so much with the pitching. It's been, signing guys and thinking they could either fix them or make them something that they weren't. And I think that's, you know, Matt Shoemaker hasn't been good for five years. Jay Happ, they had, they thought Jay Happ was going to be a top of the rotation guy. Phil Miller said that on the show, I think last week, they were really thinking he was going to be a top three guy based on kind of how he was throwing in spring and what his track record was. And he just hasn't been. So they've, whether it's 38 or missing on it, they're just not doing it. He's 38 or nine years old, for goodness sakes. What did, did they really, isn't he 38? Yeah, 37, like 38. Yeah, he's, he's not I mean, young. Who, yeah, who thought that, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. They just made a lot of bad decisions and uh, they had a lot of bad results. And, and one reason I was optimistic is how good he looked in spring training. Maeda, you said yeah, he just went out right. there, boom, boom, boom. And I know it's nothing, but it, it doesn't mean anything, but, the quality of the way he was throwing 
and, and I remember we were talking, we said, man, this guy's a pitcher because he just goes boom, boom, boom. And he's got about four different pitches. And to have him come out to the gate and, uh, and be as, you know, less than mediocre than he's been, that's, that's been to bad too. But it's, uh, you know, let's, let's stop saying that uh, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're running out of time. Uh, <laughs> Time has gone. It's expired. They're not cut. They're, they're not catching anybody. They're running out of good players. Yes. Yeah. They don't have any good players. I think, uh, I think these guys, I think we might have one of the great garage sales of Twins history. Yeah. I think I next do. month is going to be interesting. I, uh, you know, because Taylor Rogers, who's your one reliever yep. that you like, he's going to, he's somebody, they're going to go out and get something for him. And uh, yeah. And when you do that, that's a conceding that you've settled in for two or three lousy years. So when you, when you have the garage sale, right. When you, when you get rid of all your, the veterans that you don't, I, you know what? My reaction to the Buxton thing too, Mike, is he was telling them he wasn't ready. Right. To some degree. I think he was telling them to some degree. I I don't think he likes it here. I really don't. I think that he's you know that that he's ready to move on to. Wow. I still could be that's just I just, you know, I have nothing, no uh, basing that on nothing except how agitated he was three four years ago right. when these guys didn't call him up and i uh you know i just you know and he's also i don't have any idea what the awareness of these guys is of what's taking place on social media but we just had a gopher basketball player gabe kelsher leave town to transfer even though the new coach played at his high school, the uh, new assistant coach coached him because what I what you what we've heard is he got beat up so bad in, in by Gopher fans, uh, commentaries, uh, social media, other outlets. He just wanted to get out of here. Sure. And and you know sometimes you don't know how sensitive pro guys are to that, but Buxton might be sick of reading about, ah, he'll never stay healthy, blah, blah, blah. He's a, you know, he's a bust and all this stuff. Cause he can't stay in a lineup. I, yeah, I don't know, but I don't, I don't think my guess is he doesn't feel appreciated here. He's by the front office or the fans. That's just my guess. I mean, I'm not, I'm not basing that on anything, but I don't think, Byron Buxton wakes up in the morning saying, boy, I hope I get to play the rest of my career for the Minnesota twins. I just don't think that's it. And that's, so then I don't think they're going to trade him no. this season because you got to have him reestablish his value, but he could be, he could go in the winter. I'm, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be surprised to be, if they can't get him signed, you right. can't let him, you can't let him hit free agency. I mean, Houston has done that with Korea, which is odd because there's no chance he's resigning there. Uh, but there, you know, they've they're they're going to apparently play it out with him and try to win this year with him and not. But uh, I don't know. I just that's just my feeling that uh, Buxton isn't all that excited about being here. We had all these guys. I mean, like you say, maybe Buxton was his choice, not theirs. We had all these guys this week. It was just kind of this. Yeah confluence of you know rehabbing players you had 
you know, Maeda making a rehab start. You've had Kepler and Arise, I think, doing rehab stints too, plus Buxton. You know, Buxton's mm-hmm. hitting two home runs over, you know, 12 miles away. And I wonder if a couple of things here. I wonder if um, having the AAA team so close makes you hyper aware of, hey, these guys are right over there. Why aren't they yes. at Target Field? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he played Tuesday and I right. saw him run out of triple. He played, they gave him a day off. He played Thursday and hit two home runs over there. You know, that's a little, I didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't see them, but it's, it's a little closer ballpark. You know, yeah. you don't have to hit it as good, but who knows? It sounded like he hit the ball good three times. What's what, what are you waiting for? I mean, right. what's his odds? If you want him to only play six innings, have him only play six innings here. Right. I mean, right. Uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. Why don't you, what, what difference does it make where he's, where he's rehabbing uh, when you, when you're trying to, when you're playing Nick Gordon in center field instead of him, it makes no sense to me, but uh, you know, they, they, they will tell you that their trainers gave them this plan and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Another thing that uh, made me wonder what's going on was, uh, you know, they vowed to us Tuesday when I was over there that we we're going to get him, and on a Zoom interview, and he'd be promised to do it as you know, as soon as the game was over. And uh, and then he, then the then the word came up that whoever the Twins trainer was over there with him said he had to do his workouts and he wasn't going to do it. So uh, I, I don't know if I don't know what that was about, but I, I just my perception is he's not a real big fan of being here right now. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, it's interesting, and it's you know, again, that's that's a piece you can get a lot for. That's not really, that's something like that. You're right. Is even if something was going wrong, a, you want to reestablish his value B that's not the kind of player that generally gets moved a lot of times in the middle of the year. A lot of times no, it's pitching, it's pitching, mostly moving. pitching. Yeah. It's mostly pitching right now. You know, it's, it's, it's almost hundred percent pitching that gets moved uh, in, in July. What, what's our, is it earlier this year? Or did they keep it by July at the end of July? Know, that's they a, good, were gonna that's move, a good question. I can't weren't remember. They gonna I, move it up. Weren't they going to move it up? Yeah, earlier? I think they were. I ought to let to look at that. I think, you know, that's interesting, though, because if you got Buxton that, you know, that, that you're reading some things, you're reading into some things that the body language, you got Barrios that they can't sign. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a little whether that's individual players or if that's some front office stuff, because that would be, you know, that's that's not that doesn't sing highly of the uh, of, of the front office, which has missed on some of these guys we were talking about, too. I think the pitching plan last year was so much better than it was this year. Look at, I mean, look at the depth. They, they had actual depth last year when they didn't necessarily need it, but you guys like Rich Hill, Jake Odorizzi, yeah. like the back half, the back half guys last year were, you know, had some arm talent guys that you thought once you got to the postseason, if they were healthy, they had some choices to make. Now this year, it's just that for whatever it is, you looked at it and you're like, God, they just don't, they don't really have the depth. They don't have, they don't have the ability to withstand much of anything this year. And that's, that's, that's proven itself so far this year. Yeah, it is. And then, boy, there's nothing worse than a long, bad baseball season. There's 97 games left. There's, you know, there's, we can't spend the rest of the, the, rest of the summer, you know, and analyzing them. They stink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, it's, 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 and the other thing is now they, I think they had their biggest crowd yesterday, didn't they? 19 or something. They, they had the Yankees here. Yeah. 
They didn't get out of the 17s. They Houston Friday night, which is a good opponent. And, you know, the Friday night crowd was raucous, booing them and doing stuff like that. Uh, and they, once again, it looked larger to me, but it was still only in the 17s. And, uh, but there's not much interest. I mean, as far as people actually want to come down and watch him. And I, I don't, I, you know, 10% of that could be downtown Minneapolis, but I think a lot of it is just, you know, the pandemic we learned, we got a lot of it. We figured out a lot of other things to do to kill time. We, we did, we did a lot of other things and um, you know, it's uh, not going to a ball game is not, is not going to a ball game to see a bad team is not something that, uh, that is post pandemic uh, got to do it uh, type of uh, type of activity, I guess. So it kind of goes to show too, how much these teams rely on season ticket sales and advanced sales because when they keep messing with the number and you don't know, at the start yeah. of the year, how much you're going to be able to go. It's probably hard to plan. You don't, you know, they don't have the base they had, you know, in the, in the, in the good years of, uh, of target field attendance. Who do we, uh, who do we love on this team? Who That's do we a, really, who Buxton. do we really, you know, like, I mean, Buxton's the guy if, if he stayed, yeah. you know, if he ever stayed healthy and then beyond yeah. that, you're right. It's a little bit, it's a little bit anonymous, right? It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to market this team. Um, I don't. I don't know who their sec, who's their second biggest star. Is it Nelson Cruz? I don't know. It's it's a it's a yeah, I mean, that's a problem. We like we like Cruz, but we also know he's forty years old and not right. the future. I heard. Uh, I think it was Bowden. I heard on the Major League Baseball Networkers and somebody else saying, "Oh no, Kevin Kernan." I heard him. I think he's talking to Barrero. Uh, he says they have to trade Donaldson to Atlanta. Atlanta is really struggling offensively. They'd take him back, and uh, you know he said, and it, that if they want him, you know that'd be a that'd be a good trade to make because they still have the loaded farm system. And you, you, you know, maybe you can get their eighth best prospect or something, right? Uh, something like you know, like that. Oh, but and, uh, and get off twenty three million dollars a year for the next two yes, and a half years. Yeah, I mean, he's, he can't. He can't like being here. He came here to win. You yeah. Know? Well, he's, 30, him, him he's 35. He's 35. Yeah. And him, him being hurt had part of the reason they didn't win. But, uh, uh, you know, last year as much as they could have. But, uh, you know, he's not here because he wants to be 15 games out of first place and, uh, with 97 to play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be. That it'll be really interesting to see what they what the what the lineup is on August first. Yeah, <laughs> what the bullpen is because they're gonna they're gonna make a lot of moves here. That's pretty wild how we've gone from World Series aspirations to <laughs> I mean, look at it. You like there's probably not a single player on this roster that's untouchable. If you think Buxton could be could be in play, I mean, even if he's not going to get traded logically this year, like if if they look at him and say his long-term future might be somewhere else, like, is there a single player on this team who you would say there's no way they're trading him? And maybe someone like Kirilov or Larnick, just because they're yeah, here already. Yeah. Those guys aren't getting traded, but only because, you know, nobody's going to come and say, I got to have him, you know, right. what I'm saying is, uh, you know, every other clubs have prospects like this too. And, you know, those are, those are your, you know, they're going to be, 
hopefully the first baseman and the left fielder, not the first, not the left fielder and the right fielder, because uh, Kirilov's life's in danger out there in front of that uh, (laughs) tricky wall out there. So, uh, you know, he's your first baseman. But if you trade Cruz, you know, which I think they're going to, somebody will, you know, Tampa or somebody, Tampa's the one you keep hearing. Uh, You just let the big man DH the rest of the year and see what happens, right? And let Kirilov play first base, and then, then they can flip that up somehow you know they can you know sometimes you know can play first base but uh that's another reason to move nelson is to get kirloff in the infield where he belongs and also give nelson a chance to win does he want to does he want to play what maybe his last season or one of his last one of his last two seasons again being 25 games out of first place so I mean, they years that, over they did that for Tommy 10 years ago you know, that yes. Was, yeah. That's what they're going to, yeah, I think he'll be gone here. And, and he, he really was, a, uh, was a good, was a good twin. That guy. Oh yeah. He, I mean, I mean, he ripped the, ripped the ligament in his wrist and two days later he's hitting home runs again you yep. know, stuff last year. So, you know, a really, uh, really good, uh, a really good guy to have on the club. I guess if, if, if there's somebody that nobody's in town's going to bad mouth, it would be him on this team, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a long, long, hot summer and uh, a lot of, a lot of games left and, uh, you know, not, uh, not, not very attractive uh, attraction here. How about those saints? They only gave up the twins. The twins gave up the least number of runs in the <laughs> twin cities yesterday. 15 for the saints. Gave up 15. Is that what you mean Kobe. by the cavalry's not coming? No, man. Alive. <laughs> The Calgary's coming. They're bringing. They're coming on old, broken down horses, man. They're all thirty three years old over there, too. I mean, they got all these. I mean, they're not that old, but they're all non prospect. You know, all twenty eight year old non prospect type guys. It's. Uh, I wrote about that six weeks ago. About what? What is it? This pitching staff could be George Samus's pitching yeah. staff from the end. Of, take about three guys away from it. And they, the names are the same as the Saints could have had, you know. So speaking of, the, the old Saints. Speaking of Saints, remember how I was talking about the Tom Hackamer that I really liked? Boy, that didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, we all liked him. And he was, I guess he walked everybody, right? Yeah, he got ran into some control problems. I think they, didn't they DFA him a few days yeah, ago? Yeah, they DFA uh, him. When you get DFA'd off that team, you're really got issues, man. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he was, well, I, Everybody was talking him up a month ago, saying, "Hey, yeah. this guy might be next. He's he's kind of Nishek, you know. He right. throws from down there and uh, and blah blah blah." But uh, I don't know. Let's uh, you know go to some town ball games or do something, I guess. But uh, the the this this has got to be the beating these guys are taking financially after the last two years. Oof, and then nobody going to the games the rest of the summer. It's it's going to be bad, man. Yep. Let's uh really quick, we gotta talk about uh Mudcat Grant. I saw over the weekend, obviously yes. passed away. I you know, I always assumed that just because of the connection he had to this franchise, I I, you know, I just went going back and looking at his stats, I thought he was here longer, but it was really like that, you know, that couple of years in there, especially what was it sixty five that he was just well sixty five when they went to the World Series, right. he was the ace and he he actually now this is before my time as a reporter, I, I met him a few times and did a couple, 
good sized pieces on him later. But, uh, you know, he would have probably won this. This was, it wasn't until 1967 that there was one more than one Cy Young. Oh, right. <clears throat> so the twins would have had actually back to back in 65 and 66 because uh, Grant probably would have won it in 65. He was the ace on the best team, pitched 270 innings or something. And then the next Six year, Cott, Jeez, yeah. yeah, the next year, Cott was 25 and seven. But uh, Koufax uh, won the, uh, you know, Koufax won it both years uh, because his ERA was zero or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was, right, he had, right. Did you see his number? I think he had 10 shutouts or something. Yeah, that's pretty like good. That. That'll work. 29 complete games or yeah. something. So, but yeah, Mudcat was a, uh, they brought him in. They traded for him in 64, uh, brought him in from Cleveland. The Twins had this thing going with cleveland they made a lot of trades uh in the in the first decade here and and you know he just popped up and had a fantastic season in 1965 and i as a, how old was i in 1965 i guess as a about 20 uh, about to turn 20 uh sitting in the left field bleachers for game six with about i think we had four tickets uh we got four tickets by dad got four tickets and we managed to uh sneak like 11 or 12 of, of us into the game out in left field there <laughs> somebody go out and say i forgot something in the car and they weren't punching the tickets because they were world series tickets okay so we'd walk back in <laughs> we'd take four tickets with us one of us would leave and we'd come back in with three other guys you know <laughs> so, so we had this bob of people jammed in left field but that home run and the, the famous home run he hit in uh, game six to keep the twins alive, gorgeous fall day, just one of the great days in twins history. Uh, that home run lasted, fell, came in about 20 feet away from where we were. And, uh, and it was, you know, a three run homer. He hit, they won the game five, one. He went, he went nine innings on two days rest. Wow. Koufax, Koufax is famous for pitching game seven on two days rest, but I, I'm pretty sure Mudcat was pitching on two days rest too, because they pitched on, uh, he pitched game four and then they played and then they came home and had the day off between games. So I, I think he, you know, he, he made three starts in the world series, Cott made three starts in the world series. Jeez. And uh, I think Camilo made one because Camilo was having shoulder problems. And then the Dodgers, uh, Koufax made three, and yeah. uh, I think Austin made two, and Drysdale made two. Maybe That's Drysdale, yeah. But uh, it was, uh, you know, Koufax beat him the next day, two to nothing. But that day, Game Six was something, and really a good guy. And uh, there's that video, uh, YouTube video, floating around of him singing "What a Wonderful World" at Harmon's, uh, at Harmon's. Uh, memorial service and uh, saying some nice things about Harmon. He was a great teammate, but it's also was 1964, 65, the middle of the civil rights, the twins, black players still stayed in a different hotel in Orlando. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tony and those guys. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Tony and uh, when they went to Miami, they make a three day trip to Miami for spring training. When they did that, you know, Miami and Fort Lauderdale over there. They, they, 
they put them in a, they were still being put in a different hotel oh, in the mid, in the mid sixties. And, uh, and they, and Cot told me that, that Mudcat was that outspoken spirited. He said spirited, uh, advocate that everybody on that twins team, you know, when they got out of the segregated Florida was going to be treated the same. And he would, he was and Tony said he was sort of the spokesman for that. Him and Earl, Bat, Earl Batty that, yeah. Hey, Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're getting as many sweets as the, the black guys are being treated. Like you, you should be treated. And, and, and it, it took some, uh, it took some convincing to, uh, to, uh, that there was, and I ran into, I did, there's a piece that they read that they threw online for us that I wrote in 2005 on him. That's pretty good. Including the fact that his wife, when he died was Trudy and she was from Austria and he first met her in 1955 or six and somehow, and, and, and the Cleveland Indians warned him not to be basically dating a white woman wow. and uh, and and they kind of went apart and then later in life they ran into they were he was divorced i believe and they ran into each other and got married and were married for you know 40 years or wow. something like that but uh and amazing you know he comes from the lock lock Coochie, florida little tiny town you know segregated this could be redneck country you know 1954 he got signed and uh and i mean he comes from the those guys that come from the segregated south man it's, it's amazing uh you know we just we we can't imagine no. what it was like what it was no. like then before civil rights and, and and it was that way in baseball too i mean yeah. it was it was it was uh, amazing but he was a he was a good guy he was a he was a great animated talker and he wrote that book yeah, twelve black aces, and uh, he was he was done with it. I think the last time I talked to him, or almost done with it, and it was going to come out in October that year. And uh, I, I don't know how it did, but uh, I, I read parts of it. I, I read about the guys I was interested in, and uh, yeah, he was uh, you know Mudcat. He he was uh, you know he was a a big personality that's for sure and then and he had he had that year 65 he pitched us to the world series basically no doubt well great life great career patrick Royce, thanks so much for joining daily delivery today i love always love the perspectives you bring and let's uh, let's do this again next week all right all right michael thank you let's end things with the cooler in case you're wondering about double standards or star treatment in the nba nikola Jokic ejected from game four the uh, the elimination game for the nuggets the mvp gets ejected for a hard foul in that game nuggets lose 125 118 they're out suns advance to the western conference finals but kind of surprising to see an mvp get tossed in the game like that and a lot of stars around the league were expressing the same opinion i don't know what i think necessarily it was a hard foul probably deserved it but surprising sometimes when you see someone of that caliber maybe that goes to show that he's does hasn't reached the same esteem in this league, even though he's the MVP. I wonder if the same thing happens to Kevin Durant or Steph Curry if they make the same play. So got to wonder about that. But nonetheless, Nuggets out. MVP gets tossed from the deciding game. That'll do it for today. Hope you enjoyed 
That long conversation with Patrick Royce. Always love having him on. Great stuff. Claire DeLoon, local musician, will join me on Tuesday's show. We'll have some Vikings talk a little bit later this week with Ben Gessling. Thanks for listening, as always, and we'll catch you again on Tuesday. 